You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Peter this morning, and let us notice the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter, of course, is in the New Testament. Let's notice the book of 1 Peter this morning. And we're going to call your attention to chapter number five. Let's notice the book of First Peter and chapter number five. And we're going to look at verse number eight and verse number nine. The book of First Peter, chapter number five. And we're calling our attention this morning to the eighth verse and the ninth verse. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version on this morning if you have your bibles if you don't mind let's lift them up if you got your bibles let me see your bibles it's a bible check Uh uh-huh pastor didn't forget look around at folk that got their bible with them this morning this is a good look right here come on look around hold them bibles up high yeah i like the little young one right there she holding hers up real high i see you little one i see you she letting pastor know i got my bible pastor i got it i got it amen and i'm happy for you little sister happy for you she's excited about the word if i don't focus on nobody else i'll focus on her this morning i'll I'll look at her throughout my preaching and and teaching amen this morning notice first peter the fifth chapter and notice verse number eight peter says to the churches of asia minor saints who are according to first peter the first chapter They are saints who are pilgrims of the dispersion. In other words, they are saints who at the time of the writing, they are going through some difficulties or some trying times. They are facing some hardship, some adversity. And how many know that uh, adversity in one sense is a part of life? But then on the other hand, we consider adversities as being that which is a part of the Christian faith. And so if we live according to the word, then we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through trials as a result of trusting God. And that is the case when Peter writes to the churches of Asia Minor and these saints that are going through. But notice what the apostle Peter says to them in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. He tells them to be sober, to be vigilant. Now notice he gives the reason why they need to be sober and why they need to be vigilant. Sober having to do with them being serious, sensible or wise, or they don't need to be intoxicated with anything that will cause them to error or stray from the paths of righteousness and of course when you're able to do so it says about you that you have a sound mind anyone who's serious sensible or wise has a sound mind now this is what paul told timothy in second timothy one and seven he said for god has not given us the spirit of fear but love, power, and of a what? Sound mind. 
And that's what we need. So notice he tells them to be sober, be vigilant, be watchful, be diligent. Notice he said, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then Peter tells the church, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now Peter tells the church that they have an adversary, the devil, the accuser of the brethren the slanderer, the one who accuses saints before God day and night or continually. This is what he does. He is a slanderer. But notice that Peter wants the saints to be sober, to be vigilant because you know that he is your adversary or your enemy. You know you have someone who opposes you. You have an opponent. And so be sober, be vigilant. But verse 9 is what I want us to concentrate on. He tells the saints when it comes to our adversary, he says resist him. He said resist him. Notice how Peter tells the saints to resist the devil or our adversary. He said, resist him steadfast in the faith. And so when a person is resisting the devil or demons by being steadfast in the faith, this is divine resistance. This is divine resistance. Not trying to defeat the enemy on my own terms or circumstances. No, I'm going to stay within the framework of God's word. And this is how Peter gives the saints a guaranteed strategy for victory. That when it comes to your adversary, the devil, demons, you need to resist them in a divine way. It needs to be divine resistance by being steadfast in the faith. And so based upon that, look at a neighbor, just tell your neighbor, our subject this morning, divine resistance. Look at somebody and say, the subject this morning, divine resistance. And look at somebody and say, nothing else will work. And let's give God a praise for our subject as we go farther. Come on, let's give him a thunderous hand. A praise on on this morning. This again is part two of our message. Divine resistance. And so we're going to talk this morning again about the devil. And of course, whenever you speak of the devil, even in a church setting, There are many who still, unfortunately, sadly, do not believe in 
the devil. They do not believe in his existence. But I want to say to the church this morning that we not only need to believe in the existence of the devil, but we need to believe in his existence according as the word of God has revealed to us his character and his objective. Do y'all hear me this morning? We don't want to just be people who are believing in a devil, but we are believing in a man in a red suit and a pitchfork with horns on his head. We don't need to believe in such an ignorant way. Come on, somebody. I said we don't need to believe in such an ignorant way because the devil is never going to present himself. He's too clever to ever present himself as being that evil of a person. Because, again, a lot of means and ways in which the devil deceives folk is, again, through him being cunning or him being a trickster. Come on, y'all have to stay with me this morning. Because there are people who believe in the devil, but they have some type fairy tale in how they think the devil is. But, but, but I don't want us believing that he exists only, but we need to carry it a step farther and we need to believe that the devil exists again according as God has revealed. Watch this, him to us through the Holy Scriptures. And here we see plainly that Peter reveals to the saints that the devil is our adversary. He is our enemy. And when we consider the devil, we should never make the mistake, child of God, or ever looking at him as being anything but an adversary. And I know some of you are saying, well, Pastor, that, that, that just seems so plain that, that, that just seems simple. Yeah, but let me work with it this morning. Because there are people that out of their mouth, they will say they consider the devil an enemy, an adversary, one who opposes, yet in their actions, they're taking him lightly. Come on, I said they're taking him lightly. That they're not acting and behaving as if they really recognize, know, and understand that you have an enemy in the devil as well as demons. Again, the devil is not your friend. He is not your helper. Come on, somebody. One thing you can count on with the devil and demons, that they never show up to benefit you. They never show up to help you. Come on, somebody. I've never had a demon encourage me to pray. Come on. I've never had a demon encourage me to get in the Word. I've never had a demon encourage me to submit and humble myself unto God. This is important because Jesus revealed about the devil when he was casting out demons and the Pharisees accused him ignorantly and out of envy of being the chief of demons, Beelzebub. They said he is Beelzebub, and that's how he casts out demons. But Jesus made a profound statement, allowing the Pharisees to know that if Satan casts out Satan, then his kingdom is 
divided. And if his kingdom is divided, how will it ever stand? What did Jesus reveal to us in the scripture? That when it comes to Satan's kingdom, his kingdom is not divided. In other words, demons are evil spirits under the command of Satan, and they are loyal to do his work or his bidding. Somebody better listen this morning again because that bags up the statement that the devil is not your friend. He is not a helper. And when it comes to the devil, we need to develop a hatred for the devil. Listen to them clap. I said we need to develop a hatred for the devil. Pastor, why are you talking about develop? Because everybody don't have it. Everybody don't have it. And you have to develop a hatred for him. Now, when I talk devil this morning, I'm primarily speaking again about demon or evil spirits who are under the command of the devil, because most of the attacking that the devil does and most of his opposing against God's children come by way of demons. Do y'all understand that? It comes by way of demons. They also come by way of humans who submit themselves to demons and allow demons to use them. Are y'all with me? And so you need to develop a hatred for the devil. Because in 1 Peter 5, 8 and following, Peter wants the church or the saints to recognize him as an enemy and hate him. And hate him. Come on. Now you've heard people say, I love everybody. You shouldn't. You shouldn't love everybody. Because there is someone who's in a category all by himself and as saints of the most high god we should hate the devil Woo, some of y'all ain't getting on board i said we should hate the devil ecclesiastes 3 and 8 teaches us that there are times and seasons for everything and in ecclesiastes 3 and 8 he said there is a time to hate there is a time to hate the psalmist says in Psalm 119 and 104, I hate every false way. I hate every false way. And the devil is the portrait for that which is false. So if the psalmist in Psalm 119, 104 said, I hate every false way, then understand, saints, we should hate the devil. We should hate demons. In Psalm 97 and 10, the Bible said, you who love the Lord hate evil. You should hate evil. And the devil, again, is evil. So we must hate the devil or demons. When it comes to people who allow demons to use them, we need to hate their ways. Come on. We need to hate their ways. Now there are certain folk who have committed such sin 
that there is no redemption or salvation for that person and they embody the devil and his work, then I hate the person. It is quiet out here. You ever heard a person say, I love everything about myself. You shouldn't. I said, you shouldn't. Can I teach this morning? There are things about ourselves that you should hate. Because I learned what I hate, I have the energy to fight. What I hate, I have energy to resist, to withstand. But you can't fight something that you befriend. I said, you can't fight what you befriend. You can't fight what you protect. You can't fight something you treat as a pet. No, I've got to see even things about myself. I have to hate it. If you say to me, Pastor, I'm quick to give up. When things don't go the way I want them to go, I'm quick to get in a stupor or to get down or throw a pity party. Listen, there's something about yourself that you should hate. You should hate that. Come on. Because when you hate it, it gives you room to work on being different. Pastor, I hate being corrected even when the correction is coming from God. You need to hate being that way. And can I submit to us this morning that there are some of us that you don't hate certain things about yourself enough. Because it's evident in your unwillingness to change or to work on certain things. You don't hate it enough. Come on. We need to develop, again, don't miss this, a hatred for things about ourselves that are not in line with God's will for our lives. You need to to hate it. This is what I'm saying again. Hate it to the point to where you desire change or betterment when it comes to that. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Now it's easy to hate something about another person. But what about things pertaining to you? If you lie all the time. Come on. That's something you need to hate about yourself. I hate that I'm always somewhere lying. And the only way you're going to start speaking the truth or having a desire for truth to come out of your mouth, you got to hate the lie that you allow to roll off your tongue. To the point to where it causes you to desire change. I know I'm right about it in the house. 
It's going to be quiet this morning. But this is going to be a good lesson for us. Notice again that he says when it comes to the devil, Peter says he is your adversary. We have an adversary. Notice how he says it again. Be sober, be vigilant. Because of your adversary, the devil who walks about like a roaring lion. When a lion roars in the jungle, his roar is respected by his prey. Who know what the lion is capable of doing. Come on. Y'all know me. I watch some National Geographics. I watch myself some lions. Come on. Yes, I do. Study them. The lion is respected. You hear me? Hyenas will be causing trouble in a lion's camp where there are lionesses. But when they see the lion coming, when they hear the roar, they respect that roar. Come on, what am I saying to us? When we consider our adversary, he deserves a certain amount of respect for what he's able to do. Because notice that Peter said he goeth about as a roaring lion, watch, seeking Targeting, aiming for those he can devour. The Greek word for devour is to swallow up. He wants to devour or to swallow. You know how some of us demolish or devour chicken? Come on. Anybody have been around a pretty eater? Anybody have been around somebody try to eat pretty? If they like chicken, but they try to be pretty when they eat it, they'll say they finish. But it's a lot of meat on the bone. Come on. <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever seen somebody demolish a chicken bone. But when they get done, it ain't nothing on the bone. Come on, I'm trying to break this thing down. I'm trying to let you know that your adversary, he ain't playing around. He ain't a pretty eater. He's coming to devour. I never forget this probably as long as I live. Years ago, probably over 20-something years ago, on a men's fellowship. And I seen a brother eat a piece of fish. And I was in amazement. 
I've never, now y'all laugh, I've never, I stopped eating. And in his plate were two or three skeletons. And I was sitting there just like that. I've never seen anything. When I tell you that brother demolished, he devoured that fish. I didn't realize or know how he even got certain meat off that bone. And I think I told him, I wasn't trying to be funny. I said, brother, you weren't playing with that fish. Listen. The devil is not playing with you. Do you hear me? He is not playing around with you. He's coming to devour. He's targeting folk in order to swallow them up. Now, a Christian or a true believer cannot be possessed by demons. No, you cannot be Holy Spirit feel and possessed by a demon. No, not, not under the control, totally under the authority of a demon. No. No, you can't do it. But look at me, I say, but we can be. Oppressed by demons. Oppressed to the point to where demons are attacking your mind. And it's to the point to where you're worrying when you shouldn't be worried. I, I wish I'd get some amen. I said, you're worrying about something that God has promised is already taken care of. Why you worrying, sister, the way that you were? That's a demonic attack upon your mind. Watch this. To cause you to think the worst about your situation. And because saints of God are not divinely resisting their adversary, you can find yourself oppressed, distressed. You can find yourself with a restless spirit. Come on. To the point to where you become impatient. Watch yourself with God's process for your life. That is the work. I know what I'm talking about. That's the work of being oppressed because you're not divinely resisting in a way that's going to get you the victory. And that's when you have restless saints who come to church, too restless to praise. Come on here. Come on here. I said they're too restless. They're going through too much in their mind. 
And they have given too much space to demons to the point to where demons are oppressing them. And they are in a restless state. Are y'all with me? But see, Peter says to the church, resist him or your adversary by being steadfast in the faith. Defeat him, resist him, withstand him by being a hearer you better listen to me. And a doer of the written and revealed word of God. Come on. Because human resistance is futile. It's pointless. It's useless. It's incapable of producing results. You cannot defeat the devil by superstitious means. Come on. You cross your window all you want to with an X or a cross. Come on. I said you can cross it out. You can sleep all day with a fork and a cave knife making a cross under your pillow. Come on. You can throw all the salt you want to over your shoulder. Oh, I'm, 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 oh we getting down this morning. But that's futile. That's pointless. There's one way we resist the devil or demon, and that's a divine resistance. I said it's divine. It's of God. It's according to the Word. And until many of us get tired of being oppressed, Think about it. The devil oppresses people in their home where he don't pay no rent. I said he don't pay no rent, but you can't even get peace in your own house. Come on. Some of you can't get peace if somebody gave you $5,000 and told you go on a vacation. You still wouldn't have no peace. I'm teaching it right. Because money in and of itself will not bring you peace. I know some of you thinking peace going to come with a raise or a bonus. But I come to tell you until you learn how to do warfare the right way. Demons will oppress you. Do you hear me? You'll, you'll continue being restless and coming to church. Quoting the scripture, but not believing what you quote. And there are people this morning that are here and people who are watching that know that's real. That's real. Because we're not resisting him in a divine way. Do you hear me? Now notice, when it comes to the devil, demons, According to James 4 and 7, James said, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. You'll put him to flight. That means you'll go from 
restless to peaceful. Come on. This is a change that will take place in, in your life. You'll go from worrying about a situation to having absolute confidence that that same situation going to work for you. That good is going to come out of what you've been battling for the last year and a half. But because you are not restless, nor are you oppressed, you fighting the devil according to that which gets you the victory. You can actually go from a place of being oppressed to a place where you are expecting God to move in the way that he told you he would move for you. Somebody should have got happy then. I said, you'll go from being restless, from being worried, from being anxious, to getting up every morning knowing that this is the day the Lord. I choose to what? And be what? There what? In. You ain't stepped out your door, but you got an expectation That benefits are already on me before I step out the door. But when you are oppressed by demons, not only do you not expect blessings on challenging days, but you will find yourself just trying to hurry days alone you hear a lot of preachers talking saying saying you you in survival mode you shouldn't be in no survival mode you should be in winning mode survivors look for a struggle that they can't win but somehow they're wishing that it'll turn out right no don't be in survival mode be in a mode where you know how to divinely resist your adversary. Listen to me, who's going to attack you. Do you hear me? He's going to attack you. Now notice when we look at some scriptures. Y'all ready to dive into some scriptures? Are y'all ready? Let's notice the book of Luke. Let's notice the book of Luke. Remember what Peter said when we go to the book of Luke. Peter said he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour or swallow up. Go to Luke 22. As you turn to Luke 22, it ain't going to be me. Whoa, I wish I would have got somebody else to say, it ain't going to be me either, Pastor. It ain't going to be me. I said, it ain't going to be me sitting around pole mouthing. Mm-mm. Being swallowed up. Mm-mm. I don't come to church get armed with the word to get swallowed up when trouble comes. I don't come sit under the anointing, feel the anointing, feel God's presence all in his house, only to leave church and get swallowed up. Some of you talk. What we used to call in word, you talk a good game. But in the midst of all your talking, you getting swallowed up. 
And I'm preaching with boldness this morning saying that it should not be so. And what I love about the word of God is that this is not a pastor thing. Come on. This ain't a person who sit on the front row thing. This ain't even a minister thing. This is not a deacon thing. This is not an elder thing. This is a believer's thing. Oh, I just dropped one up. This is for anybody who will believe. Somebody can believe today. And you can go and leave church after anointed word like this, where you came in feeling like the enemy was turning you every which way but loose. You can leave here today knowing how to divinely resist him. That's power. Not coming to church. Just waiting on somebody to lay hands on you. Not always looking or seeking a prayer line. There are saints that come to church every Sunday just for somebody to put all on them and say the same prayer. And they're rebuking demons that the person won't resist. Come on. I can pray for you all day. But if you don't divinely resist that demon that wants to swallow up your marriage, your ministry, your purpose, we can stay here praying for you all day. Did y'all hear me? I said we can pray for you all day. And it's possible for me to lay hands on you. For you to be slain in the spirit. All laying out in the floor. And demons just sitting there watching you. Knowing as soon as you get up, I'm going to swallow you up. Notice Luke 22. We're going to look at some couple of things about. The devil. Remember when I say devil again, the devil is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. So the devil is, is not capable of being everywhere at the same time. We really need to understand this. If the devil right now is attacking something or somebody in California... Then no matter how many lies people tell, he can't be attacking in noon and two. Y'all missed that. Well, Pastor, how then does he do so much attacking? I'm trying to tell you evil spirits. Evil spirits assigned to your life to defeat you. And some of us, if the truth be told, we get wore out, beat down by one rookie demon. A rookie. Devil know you don't pray. He know you ain't. He said a rookie demon at you. 
go over there and handle that. She ain't believing. See, remember, he's the accuser of the brother. He ain't doing what the pastor preached. I'm going to send a rookie demon over there. Oh, he thinking about changing his life? Yeah, we got something for that. And some of the attacks that come to our mind, many of us don't even recognize that this is demonic. This is demonic. And watching TV all day, binging out. That ain't going to work. Come on, I said, that ain't going to work. Woo, it's quiet up in here. It's quiet up here. Somebody might be offended. He might, Lord, going to send a rookie demon. That's what he, that's, that, that's all it takes for you. Getting beat up by a half a demon. This stuff is serious, church. Look at Luke 22. You have an adversary. Look at Luke 22. We're going to dive into this a little bit. We, we need to. We need it this morning. Luke 22 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Peter, indeed Satan, the devil has asked for you. He doesn't ask for you, Peter. Now, I have my reason. I believe the one reason the devil asked for Peter is because of how high-minded Peter could get. He didn't ask for you, Peter. Remember what I said earlier? He ain't your friend. He ain't your helper. What the devil want with Peter? Let's find out. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed or truly, Satan has asked for you. That he may sift you as wheat. He want to grind you, Peter. He want to grind you till you ain't nothing, boy. And he done asked for you by name. He's targeted you. He sought you out, Peter. And asked for you. By your name. So he know you, Peter. And he wants to get at you. But this is what I love. This is what I love. Watch the text. But Jesus said, verse 32, But I have prayed for you that your faith what, what did Peter later on say to the church of Asia Minor? Resist him steadfast in the what? Faith. Do you think like I think that Peter recalled this occasion? He asked for you, Peter. That he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. 
I love Jesus. And when you have returned to me, you're going to fall. But when you return to me, when you get up, Peter, strengthen your brothers. Peter, when you get up, you're going to have a part in major leadership in strengthening other believers. Tell your neighbor, one way we divinely resist is through the power of prayer. Look what Jesus told. He said, but I pray. The devil want to do this, but I pray. You know what that tells me? Demons want to do this, but I'm praying. But I know the power of prayer. Demons want to stop me, but I know the power of prayer. Demons roaring against me, but I know the power of prayer. Whoa, if we only knew. How can you have an adversary who is so malicious and you don't pray every How are you too busy to pray? When Jesus showed the power of prayer when the enemy has an agenda. No wonder certain things are happening with certain people. They're not praying. I said they're not praying. Because if you really understood what the enemy desire for you was, you would never miss praying. You never miss praying. You might miss eating, but you ain't gonna miss. You might miss television, but you won't miss. There are some folks, they ain't even getting excited. They let me know, Pastor, I don't. Don't pray. I come to tell you there are old saints up in here. You don't pray the way you need to pray. And you wonder why you've been in the church all these years, but can't take nothing. Can't handle nothing. You are not praying the way that you need to pray. Can I move forward? Lord, I hope that stuck. I said, I hope that stuck right there. Look at Job real quick. Lord, we got to hurry up. I hope that stuck right there. Not praying. I'm talking about old saints. Know the way. No prayer. But not praying. Not praying. See, there's somebody, you're going to leave here today. You're you, you going to get to praying the way you need to pray. Listen to me. And it ain't going to be no more missing prayer. I said, it ain't going to be no more missing prayer. Oh, yes, sir. So it won't be no more missing prayer for anybody who know they have an adversary. You stay more depressed than a sinner. You don't pray.
you stay confused about important things because you don't pray. And it's the work of demons who are keeping you so confused. Pastor, I don't know if I need to go here or if I need to go here. I don't know if I need to do this or do that. That's too much confusion for a person who's being taught. I don't know how this going to turn out. You should know. When you don't know how things going to turn out, that tells me you confused. Well, Pastor, you don't know how everything going to turn out for you. The devil is a lie. I know how it's going to turn out better. Pastor, what's going to happen in that situation? Bigger. Don't tell me I don't know the seasons of God. When you don't know the seasons of God, that's a demon keeping you confused. Look at Job 1. Y'all see how hot it's been getting lately? Do y'all see how hot it's been getting lately? Or how hot it was this summer? What you going to call a person in a, in a trench fur coat? Huh? You ain't gonna call that person confused. You're gonna call that person stupid and crazy. Y'all up here trying to be nice in church. It's 100 degrees outside. It's hot as it been. A trench fur coat? And the only thing you got is, he must be confused. No, stupid and crazy. Now, if you can laugh at him, I'll laugh at you because you don't know the season that God done dropped you in. So are you. I know I'm hitting hard. A God hitting hard. But when God ordained a season for your life, you shouldn't let a devil nor a demon tell you that it's not that season. It's hard to obey God and you don't know the season. That's when some of you are sitting still right now and God done told you to move. He done told you to get up and go do what he called you to do. But you keep telling God how you battling in your body. You keep reminding God of how you going through it in your mind. But I come to tell you, there are some deliverances you won't get until you move and you won't move until... When Jesus spoke to them lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. What you think keeps you sitting still? Demons. Go and he'll give you strength. Go, he'll give you money. Go and he'll give you favor. Go and he'll give you resources. I'm finna drop somebody with If you trust God, you ain't gonna have to worry about making a mortgage payment. God got you. I said he got you. Y'all better help me preach it in half hour. Somebody say God got you. 
But tell your neighbor it's the devil's job. It's the job of demons to convince you that he'll drop you. But tell your neighbor God won't drop you. God got you. Somebody better get excited. You better get this show much. Spirit of fear got to go. Demon been working overtime on you, but God done set a service up. He done ordained a breakthrough. Be seated. I know y'all get tired of hearing, but when we got our house, we had to resist demons. That kept telling us how you going to do it. How you going to. Job 1. Look, look, look real quick. God, I got Job 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro the earth and for walking back and forth on it, what Peter say he's doing? Devouring, swallowing up. Satan coming before God bragging about how he'd been devouring people. But tell your neighbor, then all of a sudden, in the midst of him bragging, God dropped a name. I said, God dropped a name. Which tell me sometime you ain't under attack because the devil sought you out because he targeted you. But God dropped. Have you considered sister so-and-so? Yeah, she going through, but she'll give me the praise no matter what come her way. That's the reason I fight like I fight, because you never know. When God will drop your name. And see, tell your neighbor, no matter what the devil hit Brother Joel with, he maintained his integrity. Let's look at verse 20, then we got the clothes. I'm just going to end it. Look, look at verse 20. Now, after all that the devil continued hitting Job with, and God was setting the perimeter of the boundaries for what he could do. See, whenever you divinely resist the devil and demon, you do so knowing that they need God's permission to do whatever it is that they desire to do. That's how much God has you covered. That's how much he has me covered. Y'all better hear me. I said, that's how much he got you covered. And tell your neighbor, God know 
what you can and can't handle. Yes, he do. He knows. But he continued going at Job. And eventually God said, look, you can do this, this, and this, but spare his life. You can't have his life. Now, in all that the devil threw at Job, I'm going to show you the way in which Job divinely resisted. And we're going to have to let it go this morning. But notice in verse 20 what Job did. I mean, people just coming back with one story after the other of things that had happened to Job. But then in verse 20, the Bible said, then Job arose. Y'all better come on here. Job arose. Job got up to his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground. Y'all better complete that sentence. What did he do? What did he do? You don't divinely resist demons by complaining. You don't divinely resist demons by, 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 by just singing the song. Woe is me. Stuff always happening to me. The devil is a liar. Job said, though I'm going through it, I will still worship because worship is divine resistance. See, we got to learn in the midst of being attacked. That we got to worship God. Worship is not just clapping of the hand. Worship is not just with the fruit of our lip. But worship is an expression of devotion to God. Prayer is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. Fellowshipping together is an act of worship. Tell your neighbor, in all that Peter said, he told the saints, resist steadfast in the faith. See, in other words, Peter was saying, though you are attacked by your adversary, remain steadfast in the faith. Continue being a hearer and a doer of the word. And unlike others, you will not leave the faith. Did you hear me? Because some have been attacked and because they didn't offer divine resistance, they now renounce the God they used to serve. And they left the faith. But see, that don't have to be nobody in this church this morning. You don't have to leave the faith because of a demonic attack. You have to remain steadfast in the faith and put a whooping on demons and evil folk. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to divinely resist. I'm done. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.